the lady that I believe was the Shin Chung Chi member from back even before she ever came to our church, she was stand, she stood up and got in my wife's face and was shaking her finger like this at my wife. And basically she raised her voice. She was, she was at a level, she was hollering in my wife's face. You'll see, this is of God. This is of God and you're rejecting God. You people are rejecting, because she knew that we had told her that we weren't gonna go to the classes and we were gonna strongly recommend to everybody to stay out of those classes. And her response was shaking her finger in my wife's face and screaming that you're that you're missing God. This is, this. you don't realize this is God. This is, you're rejecting God. You know, just she was just shouting all kinds of things in my wife's face. Today, I have Rusty Fletcher, who is the pastor of uh, Fountain Life Worship Center out of Texas. And uh, Rusty had kind of an interesting situation with a SEJ member who in a sense, infiltrated his church. And so today, Rusty is going to talk about that. Um, and so before I do that, I just wanna thank everybody who's jumped on to support Great Light Studios, whether on Patreon or here on uh, the channel. You can also become a channel member. Um, if you're on a desktop, you can, you're gonna see a little join button just below this video um, where you can uh, join monthly support for Great Light Studios. And so all of that helps. Um, a ton to keep making these videos. I really appreciate all of you who have uh, who have done that. And um, also for those of you who are new to the channel, um, I um, hope you'll find the content on the channel helpful. Uh, a lot of what I do, you're gonna find if you look on the channel is we have a lot of uh, videos covering the World Mission Society Church of God, and we're trying to create more videos covering a, a variety of different cult groups. and and doing interviews with former members and just providing resources to help uh, people come out of these groups and also just to, to kind of learn how to heal and to to get freedom after leaving. And so, yeah, if, um, if you are helped by this content, I do appreciate you subscribing. And, and then um, as always, if you guys would like this video and comment and do all those things, it definitely helps helps out the YouTube uh, algorithm and helps get these videos out um, in front of more people. So with all that said, here's my conversation with Rusty where he's gonna talk about his experience with the Shinchanji Church. So Rusty, you pastor a church in Texas. And so are you the senior pastor? Yes, sir. My wife okay. and I planted the church. We, we uh, came here, like I said, in 2008. Okay. So tell us kind of what what's kind of the situation here. Um, I, I think I understand if I'm correct that you had um, some members of your congregation that were being maybe uh, influenced in some way by the SCJ. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened. So maybe just kind of fill us in on what exactly happened and how you kind of came to um, have an involvement now with the uh, Shinchanji Church? Well, I learned a pretty hard lesson. I learned how deceptive people can be. I should say maybe the enemy can be, the devil can be. And this was um, 
this was tough for my wife and I. Um, a lady came into our church a little over a year ago now, approximately a year, maybe 13 months, something like that. And uh, she just seemed like, you know, she told us she was looking for a place to go to church. She came a lot more often than her husband, but her husband came with her some. And uh, they seemed like really nice people. And she attended, as far as Sunday services, she attended quite regularly for a very long time. I noticed the last couple of months, she started slacking off. She would come like every other Sunday. But I would say for about 10 months, she came very consistently and sometimes even came on Wednesday nights. We have a Wednesday night's midweek service. We have two services on Sunday morning. She was for about 10 months. She was always in one of those two services. Of course, the two services that we have on Sunday morning are the same, same songs. We do the same praise and worship. We do the same message. So it's back to back. It's just pretty much for the most part a repeat uh, of, you know, of the service. And, um, she made friends in the church. She pretty quickly became really close friends with the lady in our church that was basically the head of our late of our women's group. We had we've got quite a large group of ladies in our church. Where I say large, first of all, let me just define the size of the church. In attendance, we have about 150 people. Okay, between the two services on Sunday morning, if you add the two groups together. It averages out about 150 people every Sunday. So we're not a really large church. We're not 500 or a thousand. We, uh, you know, she got really close with the leader of our ladies group. The ladies do all kinds of special functions. Uh, about a year ago, she actually did an eight week. Uh, she taught a, a ladies Bible study on, uh, I believe it was Thursday night. It was either Tuesday or Thursday. I don't remember. But in midweek, you know, not at not Wednesday night, we have service. So it was on either Tuesday or Thursday night. She did a ladies Bible study for eight weeks and she did a really good job. And uh, she had other special events. She would sometimes live stream. I don't know if you've ever heard of if meetings, but she would live stream if for two years. She live streamed the if meetings, which is it's like a big ladies gathering of thousands of women from all over the United States. And they usually have it in a big con convention center or, or a big building. And then they live stream it to hundreds of churches all over the world. And she kind of headed up that, got it into our church. It was a huge blessing to all the ladies. Everybody enjoyed it. So she was really, she was loved by, you know, I, you know, I can't speak for every lady, but I'm just saying for, the vast, I would say every lady in the church loved her. You know, they, they just really loved her. And, um, and I gave her the freedom. She'd been in church. She said when she first came into our church about three years ago that she'd been in church pretty much all her life. I assumed she'd already been baptized. She was filled with the Holy spirit. I assumed that from, from just her coming to church so faithfully and everything all the time that she was pretty, um, now, this was the lady that was the lady's leader. I'm, I'm talking about two different women. A woman came into our church about 13 months ago that I now strongly suspect was already very rooted in Shincheong Chi. 
So I may have gotten y'all a little confused because I'm talking about two different women here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and, so and the other woman is is who? She was the leader of our of our ladies group at our church. And was she involved? No. With SCG? No. no. She okay. was just a member of our church. And okay. she came for probably three years or so to our church. Uh and she was very faithful and she wanted to do these things in our church. And I allowed her, I, I gave her a little, you know, uh, authority and a little, you know, slack to do it. If you want to do it, I, I won't, I won't, I won't call anybody's names today, but I told her, if you want to do it, that's fine. Go right ahead and do it. And so she did, she taught the, the Bible studies on Tuesdays and Thursday, or Tuesday and, or, I mean, Tuesday or Thursday nights. I don't remember which night it was. I didn't get my wife in. My wife went to it almost every, every time that she did it for eight weeks. And then she did the other conference like things for ladies in our church. And they had special prayer things and special fun activity things for ladies. She just kept the ladies pulled them, kind of pulled them all together as a large group of, of sisters in Christ, if you know what I mean. And it, it was good. I thought it was really healthy and good for the, for the ladies in our church. Um, but this, this lady came into our church about 13 months ago. She's the one that I strongly suspect was already a very rooted or very established Shincheongji member. And one of the first women that she really started connecting up with and they would go shopping together and they were going places and going meeting for lunch and doing things was the leader of our, our women's group. And so I will refer to them from now on as the leader of our women's group and the other lady being the lady that I suspect was already Shinjungji or very well established in Shinjungji before she came into our church. Part One of the things I really learned is part of the way that they really get people is by building pretty strong friendships. And I'm amazed that she could sit in our church because sometimes I preach pretty strong messages. At least that's what I'm told. And she sat in our church month after month after month after month and just listened to it. And I, and I teach things that are, that I believe are the word of God. I, I teach truths that I believe are the word of God that are directly contrary to what Shin Chung Chi teaches. And it so I know, I'm sorry, no. She just, you know, the last service that she was in, the last service that she was in was about a week before they left. And she sat there with her head down the whole service. She sat there, you know, just she had her head down and I could see that something was wrong. And I had already received a report the, the way we found out, okay, so what happened was, I would say about six months ago, and I didn't know this, but she already had the leader of our, the leader of our uh, ladies group, she already had her attending their Bible studies, their online Bible studies through Zoom. And I think now that she had already had her in, in those classes for about two months. So for about eight, go back about eight months ago, and uh, she had been in classes with this lady for about two months. 
I mean, I'm talking about the Shin Changji and and the, the the lady that was the leader of our of our ladies of our women's group had joined her Zoom. They were having Zoom Bible studies. They it's my understanding that here in the Austin area, they don't even have a church. They don't have any place where they physically meet. So it's all done online. It's all done through Zoom. There is, I understand, a campus or a place where they meet over in Houston. Okay. So um, you go. So ahead. Uh, well, this might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm I'm just curious. Was this lady who was involved with the SCJ was she? coming to your church for the purpose of bringing other people out with her? Was she trying to, to recruit people? Uh, was that we, we believe now that that was probably her entire intent from day one. Yes, sir. I okay. mean, we don't know. I've never asked her. Even if I ask her, I don't know if she'd give me an honest answer because I've also learned enough about Xinjiangji and the way they operate. They're very deceptive very yeah. deceptive i mean they just are not honest oh they're not honest with you at all they're not us so i think she came into our church with one goal i'm going to get people out of this church to join shin chungji and she went after the leader of our women's group because she figured if i could get her out, this is what i think don't know this for a fact but she went after the leader of our women's group because she knew if she could get her then she could influence other women. And it would also, you know, you could go to other ladies and say, oh, well, she's, you know, this person in our church is already attending, you know, that's influence, you know, that's influence, that's that's credibility. You know, she's already going to the Bible study. You join us too. And they always, they don't mention anything about Shin Chung Ji or New Heaven, New Earth. All they talk about is this is a Bible study and we're going to study the book of Revelation right that's all they tell you and they came up to me like about my wife and i about six months ago and tried to talk us into joining the bible study with them and we were just too busy i mean i remember telling telling her you know maybe this next summer we can we can my wife and i both could attend the classes with you guys but i said right now i said i'm sorry we're just we're just you know we're just snowed under where i'm starting a building building project uh, you know we've got church going on all the time and all kinds of things going on all kinds of activities going on here i said i just can't right now i said my wife and i would like to attend it together i said if we do it i trusted her okay i trusted i trusted really both of these ladies and i probably should not have trusted the the the, the woman that only had only had been in the church uh, at that point maybe six or seven months i shouldn't have trusted her as much as i did but the other lady who was the leader of our ladies group i trusted her and um you know that was i guess a mistake but so um, so how did that end up going then so this scj member ended up she ended up like converting yeah she just basically converted the other lady she converted her the, the leader, leader her, yes she converted oh, her really? completely converted her wow uh, I, I should say this at the very end, when it all ended back in March of this year, there was about a week there where I thought she might come back to church because she even told me she was going to come back to church. And uh, she was kind of 
teetering, you know, like flip-flopping. Like I, I didn't know whether she was going to stay with Xinjiang Ji or whether she, because I, my wife and I took a stand against it. The way it all came out is um, they had gotten a group by the time. Okay. By the time the, the leader of our ladies group had been a part of that for about six months, they had gotten like about six or seven people in our church to join their zoom Bible studies. And uh, one of the couples in our church joined the zoom Bible study and they had been to Bible college. They had, they were very rooted, strongly rooted and grounded in Christian faith, Christian beliefs and main, you know, just mainstream biblical Bible teaching. And it didn't take them. Actually, they said only about two, she said, they said after about two or three classes, we realized it was really strange, kind of weird. They stayed in it, I think, for a total, though, of about four weeks. They kept going for about four weeks. And then they finally came to me and said, this is the first time I heard anything about it when they came to me. After about four weeks, they came to me and they said, Pastor, do you know what they're teaching in this class? And I said, no. I said, but I trust. And I named my my, my uh, leader of my you know, my ladies, the ladies in our church, I, I named her. I said, I trust her. And I said, and I looked at them and kind of smiled and I said, I trust you guys. And they said, well, you need to know what they're teaching. And so they started sharing with me all of this weird teaching. And they had, they had gotten online and done some research too. Okay. Can you give some examples of what, what were some of the things that were being taught there that were concerning? to you well the first thing and one of the strongest things in the bible in my opinion jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life no man no comes to the father except through me uh the bible calls him emmanuel god with us john the first chapter it's very clear that he is the word made flesh he is god in flesh walking among us you know, Jesus said he has seen me, seen the Father. I mean, he even took it that far. You know, in other words, Jesus very clearly describes himself as God in flesh. When you take the all of the New Testament in context, it's very obvious right. who he is. He's he is the Son of God. He is God in flesh, and uh, so they don't believe that. They do not believe that. And uh, things like the Holy Spirit, for example, they believe that this guy in South Korea, oh, I can't even think of his name. I always forget his name. You re you remember that guy's name? Yeah, I should have written it down too. Um, there, there's Lee Man He. Um, is that the one you're thinking of? I think Lee Man He is the name of the the, I don't know what they call him exactly. They have a, a title. Yeah, the leader. That may be, that sounds like it. Lee, Lee Man, I, I should have looked it up and written it down. But he claims to basically be equal with Jesus Christ. He claims that Jesus Christ has already come back in spirit and that the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus Christ, not the Holy Spirit, but the spirit of Jesus Christ lives in him. And basically that he is equal to Jesus Christ. That's what I understood. And uh, from their teaching, uh, they teach a lot of other really weird 
stuff. It, it would take hours to get into the details of how they mm -hmm. interpret stuff, but they take the scripture and they just twist it. They, they, they uh, to make it, it's okay. If you're trying to win somebody to the Lord, to God, it's okay to deceive. It's okay to lie. You know, they take scriptures like where Paul said, I became all things to all men in order that I might win some. And they, they use that scripture to say it's okay to lie. Paul never said it was okay to lie. He never lied. Okay. He yeah. told Timothy, Timothy had a, I don't know if you studied the New Testament, but Timothy was Greek. So Timothy was not raised Jewish, but Paul and Timothy were going, you can read it. You can read it in, um, I believe it's in the book of Acts. You can read it where they're, they're going to teach some Jewish people about Christ. And Paul asks Timothy, Timothy, would you be circumcised? And Timothy gets circumcised just to be able to reach out to other Jewish believers and to retain their respect. He does it as a, a an act of, look, I'm going to comply with the law of the Jewish people, not because he thought he had to be circumcised to be saved. He knew mm -hmm. he didn't have to be circumcised to be saved. In Acts, the 15th chapter, that, that's, that question is settled. You don't have to get circumcised to be saved. But it's, I believe it's in the very next chapter, Acts 16, Timothy gets circumcised just so that he can go and preach and teach to, to Jewish people who believe in the Jewish customs. And he wants to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's a perfect example right there. If you study that and read it, Acts 15 and 16, you'll understand that's what Paul meant when he said, I became all things to all men in order yeah. that I might reach some. He meant that, yes, I will comply with a lot of their customs. I will become like a brother to them, but I will not participate in their sin. That's not what he, that's not what he was talking yeah. about. It's not what he was talking about. He wasn't implying I'll go out and get drunk with them and, and, and go to the brothels with them or whatever. You know, that's not what he was talking about doing. He was talking about becoming all things to all men when it came to customs, when it came to uh, uh, winning their confidence, winning their trust, being like a brother to them in order that he might reach them. So in that light though, they take that scripture and they twist it. They twist it and they say, oh, it's okay to, to, to deceive, to lie, to, uh, you know, to misrepresent things. For example, and I never will forget, I texted this to the, um, the lady that was the leader of our women's group in our church and she didn't even reply to this. She may have known what I was telling was the truth. I said, they will lie to you. I said, those Zoom meetings that you're in, I said, if it's a typical Shin, this is the way I worded it. If it's a typical Shin Jung Chi, let me just read it. I'll read you. I'll read it to you. I got it right okay. on my phone. I'll read you word for word what I texted her. Okay. Here's what I said. Hello, and I won't read her name. Please study the Bible personally without someone else influencing or interpreting it for you, you're a good woman and you never have to hide the truth. 
Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Also, if you're attending a typical Shincheongji class, about half the people in the class are longtime members who are pretending to be new attendees. So they can influence you to be amazed at their teaching. That's the way they do it. They, in other words, people get really close to, to uh, the people that are longtime members get really close to the other half of the class that's new members that have never been through the whole course, never basically been converted to their belief. And they buddy up with them and they learn things about them. They have private Zoom meetings with them, go shopping with them, do things with them, you know, and, and learn things about their life. And they pass all this information on to the leader of the Zoom group. They pass it on. And then the leader of the Zoom group will get up and make these statements or remarks that these new people that have never been in the class will say, whoa, man, this must be God. She's right. answering the question that I needed an answer to. It, it's amazing that she answered my, my, uh, you know, what I was, what I was asking God about, you know, what I was praying about the other day, she answered my question. Well, of course she answered your question because your buddy that's been running around with you for the last six months has learned everything about you. And she's passing that information on to the leader of the zoom group. And it's, it's, yep. it's, it's deception to, to the limit. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. So they, they utilize that relationship for, for those who are new. I know there'll be probably a variety of people listening to this, but probably most people will be familiar with the SCJ and how they function. But what you're saying basically is that SCJ members will be pretend in, in a sense to become really close friends with those new converts that they're trying to get into the church. They will buddy up with them, spend a lot of time with them, engage, you know, emotionally with them. Um, and ultimately exactly. their purpose for doing that is to extract information about that person. They want to get to know that person so that they can then use that information pretty much in a sense um, to manipulate them into thinking the SCJ is more um, compelling or truthful uh, than it actually is. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is just, it's, it's wild to hear that a, a group would function that way, that, that, that right. they're literally sending out their members as um, spies in a sense. It's like exactly. they're, they're sending spies out to um, manipulate people into, uh, you know, committing themselves more to this group. Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. And it's so sad. Uh, my wife cried when this lady left our church. My wife cried and it brought tears to my eyes. I, my, we were we were both heartbroken, you know, that this that this could happen to her. I mean, I thought she was a very strong Christian. And uh, now I know she's just deceived. She's deceived. Uh, and, and I'll finish reading the text. It's a pretty long text. Yep. Uh, let's see. Shin Chang-chi, about half the people in the class are longtime members who are pretending to be new attendees just so they can influence you to be amazed at their teaching. I spoke with 
two former members today on the phone and they informed me and I, I use the American name, New Heaven, New Earth. And then I put quotation mark their English name. They're called New Heaven, New Earth in English. Always do this. They always do that. They always have people in the classes that are that are that are planted in that class just to help persuade the people that are the new member, that are the new people, the new attendees, how godly and how incredibly wonderful they are. You know what I mean? And they taught, they are taught to lie if someone directly asks them how long they've been attending the Bible study. They're basically told, oh, you're new, just like them. You're supposed to, they're supposed to tell other new people in the class, oh, this is the first time I've attended the class. When they've already been through the whole thing, they're completely converted and completely part of it. They're supposed to lie. So, the, the so again, again, sorry, Rusty, but just for clarity, again, for those who aren't familiar, because this is just this is another thing that I learned about this group that was just kind of shocking. Um, what what you're saying is that, you know, they'll bring in these new members and they'll bring them into their Bible studies. And what they'll do is they'll set inside those Bible studies a variety of, of other people. Um, they'll put other people in that class and they will what 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 this new member who's coming in doesn't know is that these people in the class are mostly um longtime scj members themselves yes. fully committed but yes. those people are told to pretend like they're brand new members just like the other that has just been brought in so that they can you know i've i've heard of instances where you know they will they'll sort of manipulate the whole setting to where they will you know, they'll express how wonderful the teaching is or how, how, um, yes. you know, how it's changing their lives, how amazing it is and, and sort of, um, try to, you know, basically try to promote this like group mentality <laughs> that will go on. You know, if you're sitting in a group and everybody around you is just so amazed at, at the teaching and pretending like they're so, you know, changed by it and, and whatnot, it's going to, you know, if you don't know what's going on, it's going to make you think, wow, well, maybe, maybe there is something to this. Um, exactly. And so that's, that's just another way that they are super manipulative and mm -hmm. deceptive. Um, and that they, again, they're, and they're directly telling these, these members to, to lie and to deceive this person all for the purpose of getting this member to, um, you know, to get more hooked into this group. Right. Right. And, and they find out personal things one-on-one -on -one outside the class. They find out, out personal things about some of the new attendees in the class and pass it on to the leader. So the leader can very crafty answer their questions or give them spiritual guidance. And they think this must be God, man, this, this is incredible that they would give me the exact answer to the problem that I've had for, you know, whatever, you know, for months or for weeks or whatever, you know, or what's going on in my, how could they know what's going on in my life? Well, you know, two months ago, you told so-and-so here, your buddy that you've been shopping with, you know, you know, but, but they don't think about that. I mean, you know, they, 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 they do it very in a very crafty, deceptive way. So that they end up thinking that, oh, God is like really speaking to me right now. Like God yes, is clearly, exactly. God is clearly at work in this group. And so I have to, you know, give my entire life to it because it's, that's right. You're, you, and all you the while, it. it's just, it's just a big, 
deceptive ploy. <laughs> exactly. It's it, it's it's deception at its very pinnacle to its very limit. It's deception. And uh, I said their English name. They always do this. They're taught to lie if someone directly asks them how long they've been attending the Bible study. The church teaches them it's okay to lie to win souls. They are leading good people astray. Yes, everyone needs to know that Jesus Christ is God and he is physically coming back a second time. And then I ended with, we love you, sister, exclamation mark. Never have gotten another text from her ever. This text was sent out on March the 26th. Okay. So near, about, about a month ago. Yeah, a little over a month ago, about five weeks, about five weeks ago. I sent okay. her this text and I haven't heard anything from her. And um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, have you, throughout the process of all this, have you had moments where you have had conversations with her where you were able to talk and no th since this i haven't had any conversation with her what we did what they did here's what they did so so this is how it all came to light this other couple came to me and told my what well, came to my wife and i and told us what was being taught in these classes and of course they looked me in the eye and they said we're dropping out of these classes immediately we're not going back they'd been going for about a month and they said we're not going back i said and i said i don't blame you I supported them 100%, you know, and um, so uh, I think they told the lady that had come into our church that we we think probably came from Xinjiangji, came in as a established Xinjiangji uh, convert already. In fact, she admitted to me that she had signed what's called their book of life that, she, that her name was in their book of life so that tells me that she was probably a very well established member of xinjiang g before she ever came attended a fountain of life worship center before she ever came into our church so um but uh they think i think this couple i probably should ask them but i'm pretty sure they told her that they had already told pastor about some of the teachings that were going on in that class and that they weren't going to be coming back. And of course, then from that moment, she knew that I, that my wife and I knew yep. that my wife and I knew. And that, you know, uh, the, that was that she came to church one more time after that. And that was when I think I told you she came to church and she kept her head down the whole time she was there she kept her head down she she was bent over like she was praying or something almost the whole time while she was sitting in church and um so then the following wednesday that was on sunday that she kept her, her head down i remember that the following wednesday her and the lady that's the leader of our was the leader of our our women's group came to church way early, like 40 minutes before service starts, 40 or 45 minutes before service starts, they showed up at church and they asked to meet with me. Well, I brought my wife too, of course. The four of us, my wife and I and these two ladies went back into one of the private rooms. It's kind of a prayer room where people go back and pray very often. And we closed the door and we, and we, and we started talking. And the lady that 
I believe was the Shin Chung Chi member from back even before she ever came to our church. She was stand, she stood up and got in my wife's face and was shaking her finger like this at my wife. And basically she raised her voice. She was, she was at a level, she was hollering in my wife's face. And uh, it, it, it was, a, it was, it was a, You'll see, this is of God. This is of God and you're rejecting God. You people are rejecting because she knew that we had told her that we weren't gonna go to the classes and we were gonna strongly recommend to everybody to stay out of those classes. And we had told her that it was false teaching, that it would, basically we told her it was a cult. Mm -hmm. We told her this is a cult, this is not of God and we don't believe in it and we're not gonna support it and we're not gonna, and we're going to do our, our we're going to do our very best to keep everybody in our church out of those classes. Mm -hmm. And her response was shaking her finger in my wife's face and screaming that you're that you're missing God. This is this. You don't realize this is God. This is you're rejecting God. You know, just she was just shouting all kinds of things in my wife's face. And the funniest thing happened. I, I'll tell you what happened. This. I say funny. It, this is amazing. This is amazing. My wife, and you got to know my wife, she's pretty strong. Her faith is really strong, I should say. She looked at her. She didn't shake her finger in her face like the lady was doing to her, but she looked at her and she said to her after, you know, the woman had been screaming at her for like five minutes, you know, just, just going on and on and on about how that we were missing God and, and that we we were going to be lost. I, I don't remember what all, everything she said, but it was a lot of stuff she said. And my uh -huh. wife said, my wife just shouted at her in the name of Jesus. <laughs> she said, in the name of Jesus, stop. And it just got deathly quiet for a second, for a few seconds. It got deathly quiet. And then, and then she said, she said, uh, well, I, I want to quote it word for word. She said, she looked up. This is the lady that had been shouting. She said, please pray for me. Like that. It was almost like she was conflicted in her own mind and in her own heart. She said, please pray for me. And my wife and I have got, we've talked about that over and over and over. About mm -hmm. when my wife called on the name of Jesus and basically just said, be quiet. Told her to be quiet. <laughs> It got really quiet, and she said, "Please pray for me." And there, That's there is, it, it is. It is a spiritual war. It really is. It is. This is. This thing is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. You got to wonder what you know. You talk about her sitting in that service with her head down that whole time. You got to wonder what sort of. You know what's what sort of conflicts are going on inside of her in those moments you know because i mean right. I, I i don't you know you you would have to be really really in, indoctrinated to not you know to have zero sort of um, moral response inside when you're you know practicing that level of deceptiveness and and i you know you got to wonder if she was feeling you know a measure of shame or or guilt kind of just this awareness mm -hmm. of what what she was doing, but then the cognitive dissonance of of probably also at the same time comforting herself by saying, "Well, I'm just doing the work of God, and and you know, you know, this is just part of suffering for 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 the sake of the gospel, and you know, things like that." That I think 
um, people, uh, cult people in those situations are going to, you know, use those sort of narratives to, to kind of encourage themselves, even when they're, they're kind of butting up against things that clearly are problematic with, with what they're doing and what, what they're believing. And so, um, yeah, when you say that was her response <laughs> to your, to your wife there, it, it, it just sounds to me like there's, yeah. you know, there's definitely some conflict going on inside of her. Yeah. And um, it, it, that, that happened and she left, she didn't, she didn't, uh, she didn't stay around for church. The other lady, the one that was the leader of our youth. Now that was the lady that it, uh, the one that it was doing all the hollering and everything was the woman that had been in Chinchangji before she ever came to our church. But the lady that was with her in the room, she stayed for church that night, never will forget it, and sent me a, no, she called me and left a voicemail the next day saying that she would be at church on Sunday. But then she sent me a text on, but then she connected up with this woman. They got, they hung out on, you know, part of the day on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday afternoon through another woman in our church who who is not a part of that but she had to go over and pick up some furniture from her or something and the lady handed her the key to our church because the lady that was the youth i mean not the youth the lady that was over the ladies group in our church she had a key to our church she handed the key to this other lady that was picking up furniture and she said take this and give it to pastor rusty and so she had to meet with us on saturday evening when my wife and i this lady did that had the key and she came over and she said, I don't know why and she called her by name, but she asked me to give you this key. I think this is the key to the church and she handed it to us. And uh, that lady's not, so, wasn't part of the zoom meetings or anything, but you understand these two ladies were hanging out and spending a lot of time around a lot of different ladies in our church. And mm -hmm. uh, so she sent the key back and that's when I knew, Oh, and then she sent me a text. She sent the key back and she sent me a text and she said, um, I can read you the text. She said, this is what she said. Now she now keep in mind on Thursday, she said, I'll be in church on Sunday. She said, you know, she sent me it. She called me, left the voicemail. She said, I'll be in church on Sunday on Saturday. Now she was conflicted too. It's obvious. She's, and she's, this is the one you're talking about now is the one who was the leader of your yes. Bible study. It had only been Bible in the studies. Bible study for, she'd been in the Bible study for about six or seven months at that point. And, uh, she, she, uh, you know, on, on, after the meeting that we had on Wednesday night and she stayed for church, the other, the other woman left, she stayed for church. Uh, the next morning she sent me a text, said she'd be in church. No, no, she didn't send me a text. She left a message. She's a voicemail. She said, I'll be in church. We'll see you Sunday morning, but then on Saturday, um, on Saturday at 12.05 p.m., right after lunch, she said, Pastor, I choose to follow God, not man, our great men of God, since she names her husband here, and myself will not be attending a Fountain of Life Worship Center. Everyone will know that he is God, that who is God, because she's she's in a group that doesn't believe Jesus is God. So that that's my question. And, and then, then she sent me one more text after that. She said, I sent the key with, and she names the lady that she sent the key with. 
And evidently she had been back in communication after that she sent, brought the key over to us because she said, she told me she gave you the key. And then later on, I sent that long text that I read to you. And that's mm -hmm. the last time we've had any communication at all. Uh, you know, I, I, she knows that she could call me anytime. She, I told her I ended that by telling you, telling her we love you. You know, it brought tears to my eyes, made my wife cried. Uh, we haven't heard anything else from her. As far as we know, we got pretty well got to everybody in our church that was that had there was like six or seven people that had attended that that Bible study. We got to everyone in the church that was attending it and they dropped out. If there's anybody in our church going to those those uh, classes at this point, I don't know about it. And I guess it's something that, uh, you know, after today talking with you and I also talked with I believe it's your friend, Pastor. Uh, Ezra, I don't know if I should mention him or not. No, no, he's a friend of Chris's. He's Chris's friend. Okay, yep, okay. Yes, he, he's, he's a good friend of Chris. I, I got that confused. I apologize. Okay, anyway, and Chris is, for those, for just so people know, Chris is the former SEJ member who we, um, I interviewed, oh, probably a month or two ago. And and so you can check out his, his two-part interview where he shares his story about leaving the SCJ, but it's kind of Chris who sort of set this, this up between us and, and connected us. So, um, yes. I'll just give him a, give him a little credit here. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a, he's a good yeah, guy. I've talked with him quite a few times. He's called me a number of times and, uh, but, uh, uh, I was going to say something about this guy, Ezra. Anyways, you know, he, he, he him and I've had some good talks too. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he knows, he told me they're a cult that they're, they're just in every way they qualify. This group qualifies oh, as yeah. a cult. Oh yeah. So how, how many in total, how many people left the church and joined the group? Was it just, the well, one? just, just the, just the, uh, the two people, I say just really one person that had been attending our church, and then the lady that came into our church to recruit people from our church. Uh, thank God, because of this couple that was pretty well grounded, I should say very well grounded in the word of God, they recognized false teaching. And they came to us within a month of the time that they started those classes. Within about a month, they came to us and told us what all was going on. And we sat down and had some long talks about it. And then we found out the names of the other six or seven people who were in the classes and we went to them and discouraged okay. them, you know, told them, told them what we knew about the, about the group and what we knew to be false teaching. What we knew it, and what we knew about them and we knew they were teaching false things that were false. Yeah. So during the, those Bible studies that were going on, the zoom Bible studies, was it that, that lady who was, who had the SCJ member, was it her that was leading it or was it other? No, she was uh, not the leader. She was just, she was just in the class. She was just in the class. This other. And of course she admitted that she had been in the, the she didn't admit that she was a long-term established 
convert, but she did admit that she had been in the class longer. She told the leader of our ladies group, the lady that was the leader of our group, she said, oh yeah, I've already been in it for several months. That's the way she put it. Okay. So several months, you know, could be six or eight or 10 months, but, or, but, or it could be yep. one or two months. I mean, you know, three months. And do you know the, the couple that eventually kind of came and, and pointed the situation out to you? Do you know if during the, those Bible studies, did they, um, did they like push back at all? Did they? I think she did even more than her husband. The husband, of course, he was very, him and I had some pretty long talks too. He was very upset about what was being taught, but she really pushed back. She said it. She said the last time or two that we went to the class and they were going twice a week. So if they went for a month, that would mean they were in like eight classes. She said the last couple of times that she was there, she said, I asked a lot of questions because she said it just didn't make sense what they were teaching. Yeah. Good. Well, um, what, um, I guess one question I have for you as a, uh, a Christian pastor is what from, I guess the experience you've had with this group, what you now know about them, what are some, I guess, of the, the major differences you see between this group and what you would consider to be a more healthy version of, of Christianity, whether, um, you know, in their behavior or their doctrine? What are, what are some of the, I guess, the differences that you see that, that really distinguishes between the two? Well, of course, I know we don't practice the Old Testament law anymore from the standpoint of the, 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 uh, the mechanics of the things that went on in the temple and the worship and all of that. But the Old Testament moral law is still practiced in the New Testament. And Jesus even, Jesus even, you know, says that, you know, he, he, he makes it very clear, you know, that morally he want, he actually takes us to a whole new standard in the New Testament, to an even higher standard than the Old Testament. And uh, right. so, they, you know, to tell people that it's okay to lie, to win somebody to the Lord, I mean, that's, well, if, if you can lie to people, then uh, maybe you can just go out and, you know, sleep with a girl and get her to come to church because you're sleeping with her. I mean, that's pretty strong, but I mean, you know, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Any, if you kind of follow that way of, of reasoning, it seems like anything goes. You can yeah, justify exactly. any sort of behavior. If you can practice the level of deception that they practice, to get people to come come into the church, then you're right. Anything goes. Yeah, and that yeah, I think that's something that's interesting. That I you know I, I grew up in um, within evangelical Christianity, and so it has. I, I see issues here oh, yeah. and there with, with different things that I've um, been raised with, but. But that is something that continues to kind of be quite surprising to me when I um, engage with different cults, um, whether it's this, the SCJ, or the one I'm, I'm more focused on on a regular basis is the World Mission Society Church of God, um, which there are definitely some similarities between the two. But it, it's one of the things that continues to just be surprising is, is just the moral sort of um, behavioral aspects that come out, I guess, with the, the what you kind of see what the core 
of what what these groups are teaching, the fruit, I guess, the the what it um, causes exactly. people to become, the, the the character that it ends up kind of producing in people, very very often is 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 concerning and you know when yeah, when the you know, sort of example, character that's being produced is deception right, um, being, right. You, being, yeah you can go online it, and, and you can find stories testimonies not not only through great light studios but there's numbers of testimonies of where they were encouraged to lie to their parents to lie to their people that right. were their closest friendships in life they had to lie to them in order to continue practicing or get getting deeper and deeper into this cult and yet what really kind of blows my mind is that people seem to just still can very often maybe not always some people you know get smart and get out of it but mm -hmm. they just go deeper and deeper they just seem to fall deeper and deeper into this hole of, yeah. of practicing deception and lying and you know, and that's one thing. Of course, another thing is just basic Christian principles. Like I told you, Jesus is God in flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, you know, they don't they don't believe in basic biblical truths. Jesus said, and I'm going to quote him right now. You can look this up. He said, unless you believe that I am he. And if you look at the whole context of that scripture, he's talking about. I am the Messiah. I am the savior. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. And he says, unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. That's an exact quote. You can go look it up. He says, you're going to die in your sins if you don't believe that I am the Messiah. If you don't believe that I am the Christ, if you don't believe that I am the savior, if you don't believe that I am the son of God, that I'm God in flesh, I'm Emmanuel. If you don't believe that, you're going to die in your sins. That's that that coincides beautifully with the teaching that Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And there's no other way to the Father except through me. But they don't it's, they don't receive that. They don't they don't teach that. Yeah. I mean, they really don't. When you get down to the they will, here's the amazing thing. They will lie to you at the very beginning if you ask them that question. Uh-huh. Very often they will lie to say, Oh, yeah, we believe Jesus is God. Oh, yeah. we believe he's the way, the truth. But then you get deeper and deeper and deeper into their their teaching and you find out what they really believe. Right. It, yeah. Sorry. And why why is it with these these groups? And that so all all that, that you're just saying is so familiar to me because there's you know it, there's difference in the details, but but it's it's the same exact sort of behaviors that you see in the World Mission Society Church of God. Um, you know, one of their things is up front. They they believe that it's only through the name of On Song Hong you have to trust in the name of On Song Hong. You can't believe in Jesus to be saved. And so, but but very often they know that if they just put that on people right out out of the gate, if that's something they communicate right up front, it's going to scare a lot of people away. And so they kind of withhold um, different aspects of their core doctrines like that at the beginning. And they don't wait until they've already gotten some of their hooks into people. And once they have some hooks into people already, then they'll reveal some of these um, more, you know, challenging um, 
beliefs that they have. And so it's just it's just what you know, if, if you have the, tr the supposed truth of God that you're sharing with people, why why is there a need for deception and manipulation? And um, it, it's just it, and it's kind of what you're saying, like the these sort of things are right in people the you know these the members right in their faces but so often um it even though they see these things or experiencing them they're ex they they're probably even experiencing aspects of guilt at the fact that they're walking around just deceiving people um you know in the case of the scj they're literally knowingly lying and manipulating people um, that has to do something inside of people where there's that voice inside saying, you know, this isn't okay. This isn't right. But, mm -hmm. you know, that with the, just that, that deception and, uh, and the, the brainwashing, I think that comes along with the doctrines, it, it leads them to continue to justify it. And, and much of the time just go deeper and deeper into That's it. Exactly um, right. Let, let, let me say this kind of in closing, because you'd asked me, what uh you know what i saw basically that's, that's so wrong about it uh, one more thing i just want to add to this to this to it um of course there's the lying and deception there's the fact they don't believe jesus is god in flesh uh that he's that he's the son of god and they teach the, and i mentioned the part about that they believe that this guy in south korea is basically on the same level as jesus christ you know that right. christ has already come in spirit and that he's on the same level as Jesus Christ. But um, there's one more thing. Uh, I, now I believe in good moral living. Okay, I, I believe in, in, in good moral living. I absolutely do. But I believe I am saved because of what Jesus Christ did for me, because of what God did for me when he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm saved because of what God did. I'm not saved because of what I do. My works cannot save me. Shin Chong Ji, the deeper you get into it, the more you realize. Now, I, I never was in it. I never got real, real deep into it, but I've talked to enough people. I've investigated enough in enough now to realize they are very works oriented. If you're not doing this, if you're not doing this, if you're you can't get to this level, and they have they have all these these expressions, higher truths, higher truths. They talk about higher truths. You know, they talk about what happened to the two ladies that were in my church. They have an expression for it. You 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 ran up against the wall with the pastor. You ran up against the wall. That's that's their that's their term. They've got all these little pet terms and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And they even have an expression for the people in the class who were there, who were basically deceiving everybody else in the class because they, they, they were established, maybe been a member of Xinjiangji for years, established people in that, in that cult. They call themselves leaves. The people in the class who were new people who, we're being told that this is all a class of, you know, they're being told, well, we're going to teach you guys about revelation to, you know, that's what we're going to get to here eventually. You know, they're called the new people in the class that had never gone through the, through it. They were not converts of Xinjiangji. They referred to them as fruit. You're the fruit. The other people in the class are the leaves. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, they got all these little bitty ways of describing things that just kind of, man, you just, it blows you away when you, you, you begin to read it. You, when you get it, begin to study it and you understand it, it's just weird, you know, and, and they explain everything through their, through their lens, through their lens, their way of seeing the world and their way of seeing religion, I might say. And yes, it is religion because you see, I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm not a real, real, I'm not real hip on using the word religion. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Religion has driven more people. You mentioned earlier about, you know, Christianity as a general rule. It's got, it's got some of its problems. And I agree with you. They, they certainly does. It's got problems. I'm not real crazy about religion. What I believe that the new Testament teaches us, what the Bible teaches us is to, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that have a relationship with God, a relationship with him because he loves us. He died for us. And that's what saves me is what he did for me, not what I do for myself. But Shin Chung Ji, the deeper you get into it, the more works oriented it is, the more you got to do this and you got to do that. And if you want to get to the next level, you got to do this and you got to do that. And it becomes, uh, it, it just becomes totally works oriented. Yeah, totally. That yeah, and that was actually one of the things I I, I was hoping we we would bring up because I think that that again is such a common theme in you know well I mean cult groups but but most all religions it seems like come down to this principle basically that that puts puts the burden of of salvation or, or progression and spirituality, whatever you want to uh, put on that. Um, but it, if you want to get to God, basically it's, it's up to what you're willing to do. Are you willing to, um, to put in your time? Are you willing to tithe? Exactly. Enough? Are you willing yes. to, um, you know, keep all these holy days? Are you, um, I don't know exactly what the, the specifics are for, for SCJ, but but I think you're you're absolutely right that it all it all comes back to the person um, and whether they're able to to do what they need to do. It's all it's all about your ability. And, yes. and what I what I see in the New Testament, it, it points it toward it's that it's not about our ability. It's about what it's about Jesus's ability. It, it's not about what Amen. we're willing or able to do. It's about what God has done. And that seems to be sort of like what, what um, you know, you see Jesus saying and what Paul is emphasizing over and over again. And um, that's just the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this, this core thing about what makes Christianity different than, you know, at least this is one area where it seems to, to carry with it a unique message and, and it's it's one of the areas that, you know, if you're in a spot, a cult, uh, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, this is this is one of those areas where they're going to get it backwards, um, because if you look at what's going on at the core of what they're teaching, what they're promoting, what they're encouraging it, their members to do, it does all come back to that performance oriented um, philosophy. It's a philosophy of um if you want to get ahead in your spirituality and your walk with God, it's all dependent on you. And, and so, you know, you end up being exhausted, guilt ridden, 
because nobody can nobody can truly measure up to then the standards that they put on the members. Right. You can't ever measure up to it. Sure. Um, you can you can you can think you're doing it perfectly, but at the end of the day, you know, it, if I think if these members are honest, they're going to have to say, you know, I don't I don't really know where I stand with God because, you know, have I have I done it good enough? Um, yes, mm-hmm. I'm trying and yes, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but am I doing it good enough? And what if I mess it up tomorrow? <laughs> um, so there, yeah, there's just no really assurance or peace. I don't feel like that can come with, with that. And, and yeah, that's definitely another, um, another aspect where I think I I've also kind of continued to see that, um, as I've looked at other cults, that's, that's a big area where you, you're going to see that. Um, significant contrast between that the gospel message, I suppose you could say, the gospel message of of cult groups that again is performance oriented. It's all about you, and then what I see Jesus and the the apostles mm-hmm. teaching in the New Testament that that emphasize the fact that it's a free gift. It's, yes, and sir. a free gift by nature is something that you don't work for. You don't put in your you know, your um, hours of work in the day in order to get a paycheck, but it's something you, you get completely independent of anything you've done. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big significant difference. It's not based on what you do. It's based on what you believe. And Jesus, Jesus is the one that paid that debt. Not me. I can't do anything to pay that debt. He paid it for me. So, Rusty, what would you say um, to, I guess, closing thoughts, if you have any closing thoughts or just maybe what you would say to other other pastors or just, you know, doesn't have to be specifically to other pastors, but just kind of uh, maybe uh, what would you say to others as sort of maybe a warning or a a wake up call to kind of be aware of of this now that you've kind of had an up close um, experience with the SCJ? I think that pastors, and I'm doing this more and more, I'm I'm increasing this in my church, need to keep really close, I hesitate to use the word tabs because that might not be really close tabs or close close eye on, I'm not saying that you've got to be a control freak, okay, I want to say it like that, okay, because that's not my job, God didn't call me to control people. He called me to share the gospel, the good news with people. But as a pastor, uh, I I want to try my best to keep tabs on or to know what people are getting involved in in my church. If people are going to have a Bible study, I made a mistake. You know, way back at the beginning, six, seven, eight months ago, when when they told me they were going to start this Bible study and they were going to study the book of Revelation and everything, I should have immediately said, you guys are going to say them, uh, what groups are sponsoring this? Of course, they probably would have not been honest with me, mm-hmm. but um, I should have investigated it more. That was my mistake. I should have been, and my wife and I both to this day feel a little bit guilty about that, that we didn't investigate it more. But um, thank God, I believe we've pretty well gotten everyone that was going to that those classes uh uh, to a place where they understand that this is just a cult and they're teaching false teaching that's not in the Bible. And and almost maybe not the whole sermons haven't been about it, 
but for the last six weeks or so since our seven weeks since this first came out in every one of my sermons i'll make little points or little comments without directly calling any names without mentioning shin shin chung chi but i make little comments that are directly opposite to what i know they teach in somewhere in the sermon i weave that in you know in my messages so that people are getting they're getting fed or taught the truth and it, it, it and i know that it, it will it will strengthen them they're getting taught the bible what you know and uh, you know paul said this he said if an angel comes from heaven and preaches another gospel than that what i've which i've already delivered to you says let him be accursed he pronounces a curse over anyone comes that comes and teaches even if an angel comes and teaches something other than what i've already teached is what paul taught to the church when he wrote into the book of in the book of Galatians. So, um, so yeah, I should have, I blame myself for not keeping a little closer watch, you know, because, because a pastor is to some extent referred to in the Bible as a watchman. You're, you're watching out for people. You're, 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 you're teaching them the truth and you love them first above everything. And then you, you watch out for them. You're like, it's like, you're trying your best to get everybody that you can to go to heaven with you. And I see a, a big difference between, you know, what you're describing and, and even as you kind of explained how you have been, you know, you've had sort of a protective um, heart, I guess, and, and mindset toward, toward the people in your church, which obviously is, is, is good and right. But, you know, just there's such a difference between that and what you're describing and, and how you're, you're not, you know, you're communicating to these people, you know, what it is that, you know, this Bible study that they've maybe been a part of what's actually going on there. But there's just a level of, um, I feel like probably humility and gen genuineness, sincerity and a lack of deception and manipulation that was going on there where you're just coming and giving a sincere um you know, sharing your heart, giving a sincere warning and saying, hey, this is what's going on here. But um, just just the way that I, I think um, you and, and a lot of other, um, you know, Christian leaders function in, in their protectiveness that doesn't um, translate into being a, a domineering sort of control yes, uh, you know, control right. over people, which is, which is the exact opposite of what, you know, the leadership of these cults do, you know, they, they're so often, they're, they're obviously all into control. They, they want to control and manipulate and they'll in, in many cases do whatever they need to do, whether they're using fear or shame or, um, whatever tools they need to, that will get people to just line up with what they want them to line up with. Um, good, and I just the think there's such a, such a big the, difference between that and just, yeah, the shepherd, the shepherd, the good shepherd leads the sheep. He doesn't drive them. He doesn't yeah, drive them. Right. He, he leads them and they follow. And that's, that's, that's a picture, not only of Christ, who is our supreme good shepherd, but a good pastor is a good shepherd in the sense that he leads people and shows them the right, the right way to go. Well, Rusty, I think this is, um, I hope that people find this, this video useful. And I think again, 
um, it's uh, I'm I'm continuing to learn about this group and continuing to learn about how they operate. So it's definitely been insightful for me uh, as I'm continuing to learn more about them. And I, yeah, I just hope that other people find this to be a good. Um, I guess if nothing else, just a, a warning, I suppose, to to be aware that this group is out there. And it's, it sounds like, unfortunately, um, I don't know if this is unique, a unique case or if this is something that's being done in other churches where where SCJ members are, are it, it would seem like literally being sent in as, as spies, if you will, to to go in and, and, and bring other people out um, into their group. And so it, it's um, a little bit concerning and, and I just hope that people um, hear your story and your experience and, and that it helps other people to avoid having a, a similar situation. Uh, but are there any last last things you would want to say before we close out here? It's just, an, I'm, an, I'm honored that you asked me to help you with this, Jordan. And anything I can do to lead people the right way, that's my calling. Lead them into the light. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you being willing to, to come on and, and do this. Yes, sir. My privilege. <laughs>